Good morning, good morning. It is another episode of the Early Birds podcast. It is 6.30 in the morning, and my guest today is a friend of mine, a business partner, uh, another third of Nextdoor Lending. This is Doug Liska. Uh, good morning, sir. How are you doing? Fantastic. Another uh, third of the whole company. Uh, yes, yes, correct, yes. correct, as the whole company. Large. Um, you know, I, I wish I could say that uh, it's uncommon for you and I to, to be up this early, but uh, it's it's no. not. What time did you get here today? Uh, what time did I get here? Yeah. A little bit before five. And what time were we meeting on Saturday? Uh, we're meeting at six. So listen. Which is actually, by the way, I don't think I told anybody, I pushed it back an hour and a half because Sean wanted it at 4.30 on Saturday. No. <laughs> I think 4.30 is pushing it for us on a Saturday. Yeah. But, you know, we always talk about the importance of waking up early, being here on time. Um, can you Can you kind of talk about why it's so important you know for for people that listen in it's kind of hard to get motivated to wake up early <laughs> and i know a little bit of your story yeah, so i want to share i'll it. go through my story because um uh honestly waking up early isn't something that's very natural for me i'm like a night owl and uh believe it or not like even after all this time of waking up early it just doesn't come naturally like i know a lot of people are like oh i just wake up at five i do not wake up at five it takes a lot for me to wake up at five um a lot of people who know me know this story so um, I actually use a taser is one of the things that I use. It's called a Pavlock. You can go look it up. Um, it's something that you wear on your wrist that you can set to shock yourself. And as an alarm clock. And that's one of the things that I use because I have multiple devices. Um, I also have something in my pillow. I forget what it's called, but it vibrates my vet, my bed vibrates. I need all that to wake up early. And, um, I actually, the way that I found all these things is, uh, probably about, I don't know, must have been like five or six years ago. It might have even been longer than that when I first decided to actually set up a morning routine. I needed something to get me up because I'm a deep sleeper and uh, it's hard to move me just in general, which you know, yeah. you've, you've had that experience before. And so to get me out of bed takes a lot, but I needed to find something that didn't wake up my wife because if I was waking her up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m., she'd probably hate me even more than she does now. So um, so I, I, I found these things and it's a combination of it that I use to get up, but it works. Um, but I mean, legitimately, if I'm not, if I don't use anything on like a Saturday or Sunday, I could still sleep till 10. So it's kind of weird. Um, but as far as like the why behind it. So, um, I mean, just in general, I think when you're trying to be successful, you need to look for all the extra inches, right? Um, I don't care like how talented you are. Um, I know that there is people who have a higher ceiling, but at the end of the day, um, that's not what really separates people who are successful. It's how they utilize their time, um, the effort they put in, the hard work, et cetera, stuff like that. And just the little inches that they use that everybody isn't, um, everybody else isn't. And, um, I think I got to a point where I had kind of plateaued, I think, as a leader, um, where we, we were formerly employed. And um, at one point, I was looking for extra inches. And, um, you know, I started reading about successful people and I started reading about morning routines and just using your time. And that's when I started to get into, OK, like, what can I do to actually set up something to put myself in a better spot? Um, like at the end of the day, I mean, waking up early if nothing else, it gives you more time. Like everybody else has 24 hours. That's the the ultimate equalizer when it comes to like what everybody has. There's not, I don't care if it's Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, or the guy in the street, everybody has 24 hours. So if you use more of those 24 hours to get you where you wanna go, you should get there faster, or at least be able to pass other people up. And uh, so that was like one of the main motivators behind getting uh, into a routine in the morning where number one, I was waking up early, I meditate, I work out, um, I journal, and then more importantly, I get to the office and actually can get some stuff done because that's one of the biggest things is there's nobody else around normally at five. Here it's a little bit different, obviously, but 
Um, but yeah, nor, I can get stuff done because once the day starts, um, the day starts pulling you in different directions and you start becoming reactive where, especially if you start early, you get to proactively kind of focus on what you want to be doing. So. And, you know, so the, thank you for sharing. And it's, it's funny, you know, like I, I, I want to use this platform for us uh, to kind of talk a little shit, right, about <laughs> people that make that excuse. And, and the reason I say excuse is, um, you know, it's it's your kind of early because I know there's there's a lot of folks out there that work the night shift, right? A lot of people that we need to work the night shift and we're very grateful that they do. But what is your early, right? Like if your shift starts at 5 p.m., OK, and that's when your day starts, are you waking up at 4 or are you getting up at noon, right? So it doesn't your 6 a.m. doesn't need to be 6 a.m. If that makes sense, depending yeah. on your job title. But the one thing that I, I that I you said that I absolutely loved, you talked about you know working out in the journals and the discipline. But you also have uh, two kids, yep, as well. And the one thing about you is you don't make excuses uh, with that when it comes to uh, you having the kids or you being married, obviously spending time with your wife, but you got in shape, uh, you lost a lot of weight, just got into that whole yeah. rhythm and that routine. So for those those people out there that are in your situation and leverage that as an excuse sometimes that say, oh, you know, I have kids or I'm married, I'm unable to do it. What do you say to somebody like that? I mean, listen, so first of all, it's not easy. Um, and I mean, if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? So thank God it's not easy. Um, it's not easy and there is sacrifice. Um, but at the end of the day, going back to it, we all have 24 hours. So it's about how you utilize that time. Because again, just waking up early or being somewhere for longer doesn't mean you're actually going to see more success. It's about trying to actually get more strategic with that time to use it more purposefully. Because when I do that, I'm able to still make time for my family and still be there and be present. And that's like some of the meditation stuff, just being present and being in the moment when I'm with them. Because again, not only do I wake up early, we obviously work pretty hard. So we're here pretty late sometimes. And so at the end of the day, when I'm with my family, I do my best to be present and actually like plan stuff and do one-on-one -on -one time and then have activities because there's for sure a ton more people. And I, I you know, Bill Emerson, um, a guy I look up to said this a long time ago, like it's not so much about the time, it's the amount of quality time because there's a lot of people who spend a lot more time with their family that it's not quality time. If you're sitting on a couch for three hours watching TV, are you really like impacting each other and is it really you being with that person or is it just you're, you're there, you know what I mean? As opposed to actually being in the moment and being present and thinking about how to leverage that time to, for, for the best um, outcome that you're looking for with your family. And, you know, you, you said, um, I think that's spot on, and I, and I love that. You know, and it's always hard sometimes when I talk to people about that. They have kids. I don't have kids, right, yeah, uh, just sure. yet, and, and, you know, I do want some in, in the future, but I don't have any, so sometimes it gets weird to talk about it, so it's always nice to hear it with somebody that's disciplined and still has that routine and still is, look how energized you are prior to 7 o'clock in the oh, morning, yeah. right? You have just this barrel of energy, and you're ready to go. Um, you have that presence about you, and you, you mentioned Bill Emerson, you know, one of the things he said uh, that I also ad admire to this day is he said, it's not a work-life balance, it's a life balance, balance. Yep. which is true. And I start to think to myself, work just happens to be a part of my life yeah. balance. Uh, family is a part of my life balance. So how, how, how do you keep managing the expectation with your, your kids, with your wife, right? Because I, I know it gets uh, tough in terms of the work and how long you're here some days. And, uh, you know, in your calendar, uh, it says, Doug, hard out at six. And it's not always you can commit to that, unfortunately, yeah. which I, I know I'm sure you're getting a call from the, the lady back home. But how do you manage those expectations? Uh, one is about communication. And two is planning. Um, you know, it, whether it's my day in the office or with my family, I try to actually plan out what we're going to be doing and communicate it ahead of time. 
Um, so that way it's not like, hey, I have a dinner tonight. Um, I'm not going to be home for dinner. It's doing it ahead of time. So we're both on the same page and planning around that time. Um, when it comes to the kids, I mean, realistically, it's harder. They're younger. You know what I mean? They don't always understand. Um, I do try to involve them as much as I can because you said it's it's not work and, and personal life. It's just life balance. So if I can involve them with what we're doing to grow our company and the brand, um, they feel more a part of it. So I feel like, you know, they obviously still want me there, but at the end of the day, they know why I'm doing it. And I try to always talk to them about that. Like, what's the reason I'm putting the effort in? What's the reason we're trying to build something? The lives we're trying to impact, the company we're trying to grow and the opportunity, et cetera. And, um, you know, I, I think to a certain degree, hopefully, I mean, I, you know, we'll probably find out 20 years from now how, you know, well adjusted they are, but um, I think they're, they're pretty solid. Yes. Um, you know, it, 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 they, they get to understand it. And realistically, like my, my daughters um, and my wife, but my daughters for sure, they're probably two that rep the brand the hardest. They're always yeah. wearing their next row lending gear <laughs> yep. to, to school and everything. And I love it. So, you know, and, and, and part of it is, you know, also because of, because of that, um, it's like me showing them and teaching them how to work hard and see the fruits of your labor. So, you know, I, I, I'd love to like the hard out at six. I'd love to be gone at six every day. It's, you know, sometimes it's just not a reality, yeah. but at the end of the day, um, I want to show them that, Hey, I'm spending my time because I'm working hard to achieve something and to set an example for them. So, and, and you know, and that's uh, I think that's so huge because they they see you, uh, you know, maybe they don't see you obviously get up as early as you do at three in the morning, but they know where you're at. They know what you're yeah. doing. They know that dad's working. They know that dad's busting his ass to, for a better future. And I, uh, obviously, the audience doesn't know your daughters, but I've been fortunate to meet both of them, and they definitely do feel like that. The, the amount of love they yeah. have for you and respect they have for you. I mean, it's very easy to see when those two Thank girls you. come in here, yeah. which is uh, it is a testament, obviously, to you, but more importantly, your wife. Oh, uh, who's doing sure. a lot of that that Trust work me. on the back end, Chris? So we appreciate you yes. very, very much for for you, dealing baby. with him. Yes. Um, but listen, uh, you know D Doug Liska. Uh, the stories about you when you were younger, I've I've heard them right. Um, with you growing up, bit of a bit of a bull, um, and still a bull today, yeah, right? Say, but uh, <laughs> but a little more of an untamed bull. And the reason I, I bring that up is um, we have our the some of the people right that I want to listen to this. You're 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to wake up that early when you're not too sure what you want to do with life just yet, right? I remember being there not that long ago. What am I going to do? How's it going to work? Like, if I wake up early, what's it for? Why am I waking up this early, right? Maybe I want to party. But how would a Douglas Canal talk to a 19, 20-year-old Douglasca if he had that chance? Shit, and and what, what steps, and if you don't mind, I'd love for you to put it into a format of like maybe a couple steps on how you would speak to that 19, 20, 20 year old, one year old Douglasca about the importance of setting that routine now to ensure that you have that success later. Yeah. What I would mean, that conversation look like? I mean, realistically, like? like obviously, John, you've you've accomplished a lot at your age. Thank you're 31. you. Recently, 31. You know, I'm 40, so it took me, you know, well into my late 20s to early, to really start to understand the importance of some of this stuff. So, um, whether it's 17, 18, 19, 20, or 25, 30, there's still people out there who can at some point start a routine or get like change their life and start improving on some of this stuff. I did it t towards a, a later um, part, like towards mid thirties. And realistically, like, I, I think when you're younger, you kind of have that idea, like you're invincible, right? Like you think you can just achieve stuff. You can just do things. And I think that, um, you know, 
a lot of kids are, you know, early 20s. You might not know what you really want to do in life, but I think most people have an idea that they want to be successful. I don't think there's a lot of people where you'd ask, like, hey, do you want to be successful? And they're like, no, nah, I'd rather just be a failure. Yeah. I'm cool with it. Um, which, if you do, that's cool. That's good, too. <laughs> but um, I think most people are going to say they want to achieve something, right? Um, but at the end of the day, it's almost like that. I remember when I was younger, they show you, like, the 401k graph, where if you start earlier, the dividends that it pays off over time. And that's the same thing with, with setting these routines and discipline. Um, at the end of the day, when you start earlier and you start focusing on the why behind you, wh the reason you're doing things, um, it makes it easier, obviously, to, to then start to take the actions necessary. But when you do it earlier, just like you're a perfect example, look how much you've achieved at a younger age where, I mean, listen, I still probably have at least 10 years to be able to, to run like I'm doing right yeah. now. Hopefully, I don't need too much more than 10 yeah. years. But um, you've got 20, you know what I mean? Or if you want, and that's if you want. Because at the end of the day, we only have so much time that you can really put this effort forward and, and grind like we do, where when you start early, I know it's easy to want to go out and party and you know maybe want to have some drinks and that's... But how much better is it when you actually achieve what you're looking for to be able to enjoy life at that time? Because, you know, most 18, 19, 20 year olds aren't probably taking trips and doing, you know, they're, they're going to the local bar around the corner. And I know I did that for a long time, so not knocking it, but you're going to the bar at the end of the corner to get drunk where you could be living a life that has a, a lot more meaning, a lot of more impact and you enjoy it more. And that's, I think if you gave people the option, they'd always choose this. But again, it just comes down to who are you willing to do what it takes to get there? So, and that's, I think that's the purpose. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's your purpose is so important. And I don't think people start looking into their purpose, man or woman until a little bit older because you yeah. do feel invincible. Right. And, and I, I felt like that a lot. And I think where I got was fortunate was, understanding my purpose a little bit sooner than later um, and just realizing that the impacts I make can make a huge impact down the road. Uh, and the reason I brought it up is, you know, I was watching this commercial and I, uh, it was LeBron James talking to his younger self. It was actually his 18 year old self. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was wild. Nike did this awesome thing and uh, they had him next to, you know, his, his yep. uh, younger self. And he was just like, we did it, you know, like we made it. And it's, it's crazy because I think about the amount of discipline it took. And the amount of protection he needed from from the people on the outside to make sure that he stayed on that right path because yeah. it's so easy. And at that age, I can't imagine, I can't even fathom that kind of level of of notoriety at 18 yeah. years old and being a multimillionaire. Cover of Sports Illustrated. Oh my God, the, the chosen one, right? To be able to stay on track and stay on pace. And it's like, okay, if if one person can do it, why can't all of us do it? Because if if you say right, like my, and I really believe this. That would mean that if you look at, at LeBron James, right, and, not, and nothing, right, he's amazing. I'm, I'm a fan of him. Not everybody believes that, but I'm a fan. But that would mean if you look at LeBron James and he's a human being just like you are, you're looking at him and you're saying, this guy can do more than I can. And I don't believe in that. No. I, I really don't. So it's like, okay, if you have this, this once an 18-year-old prodigy, still an amazing human being, didn't falter, got to the levels of success that he had, it's like, why can't I do that? Right. Why can't I be like that? And I mean, like, listen, there's there's obviously certain limitations that some like you're not six eight, so exactly, you're not yeah, be, yeah. But you're right, though. At the end of the day, there's other people who are six eight who didn't do that and who didn't accomplish anything near what LeBron. Like that, that's where like that ceiling. I don't care how high that ceiling is. If you're not willing to do all the different steps, you're not going to reach the top. 
Um, talent is not the differentiator by any means. It helps, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I don't know, but I, I played sports um, growing up, high school, I was a decent athlete, but I also played with some people who played professionally, and I could just tell, like, you could see, even at a young age, that they were just different. They just moved smoother, it just came natural. But I don't care like how talented you are, you're gonna hit a point where everybody else at that level is as talented as you are, and it's the different stuff you do that is going to make you stand out and make you fulfill, you know, the prophecy of being a prodigy, et cetera. Um, same thing in business. Like, you know, it's it's obviously a different ball game, but it's still, you know, a competitive, you know, atmosphere where um, I think depending on what skills you have and an innate, innate ability to communicate or plan strategies, you're going to get to a certain point. But if you don't start taking it seriously and start trying to do more than the next person, you'll plateau. You will not be able to keep moving forward because there's going to be somebody who's just as good as you, who's waking up just as early, if not earlier than you, who's putting in more work that's going to pass you up, pass you by. And that's the that's the reality of how this this world is. It's not going to be just if it was just about talent, then people would just like at you know, as a kid, they would just gave LeBron NBA championships and they didn't. He had to work his ass off to get, you know, his first one and then what he's what he's gone through. So and um, the other thing, though, too, I will say with LeBron, he had a lot of attention early um, and he must have had the right people around him because I think that's a big part of it. Correct. Too. Like even, you know, thinking about you, um, we had a lot of the same mentors. Um, however, you had them younger. Um, it was later in, you know, like I said, mid to late 20s when I started really taking things seriously and started, you know, seeking out mentorships and being able to have people who could help guide me in good examples. Um, I think that's a big part of it because when you get to see it in action, it can become more real. And so, you know, I, I love mentoring younger people. I like when we get people in here who like to ask questions about things like waking up early, planning, et cetera, because I, I wish somebody when I was 18, 19, 20 would have like sat me down and went over this. Probably wouldn't have listened because I'm hardheaded. Yeah. But none, nonetheless, I didn't have that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Well, and you know, the word you said that I think is so true is willingness. Um, because at a certain point when, and it's so funny because I remember playing hockey and I was like, oh, I'm so sweet at hockey. You know what? I'm young. I'm like six, seven years old. <laughs> and I'm, I, you know, I'm crushing it at hockey. And all of a sudden I start playing with like the 10 year olds. And I'm like, I remember just like, oh shit, maybe I'm not as good. And I remember my confidence. I remember feeling a certain way, but that willingness and sheer will to want to succeed. But more importantly, something you touched on was that the mentorship. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with ego, right? And yeah. your ability to put your ego aside, because if you were once the best at something and then all of a sudden you get into a different realm and you start playing with, with people that are better than you and that do move a little bit more fluid and got a little more swagger than you right. have. How do you get to that point to where you look at somebody, and they could be even younger, right? Or even your age, where you look at them as a peer, but you go, oh shit, this person's passing me. How can I put my ego aside and go, okay, maybe I can learn something from this individual and help myself grow as opposed to being insecure and scared and being nervous to, to even have that growth occur? Um, as far as how you get there, I mean, so at some point, I think we are all like that. If you're a high achiever, you have an ego. And I mean, confidence helps. Yes. Like, confidence is a big key in most people who are successful. I'd say everybody who's successful, there's some level of confidence. Um, as far as getting over ego, though, I mean, it really takes looking at the big picture, like really, again, reevaluating that vision and those goals and the things you want to accomplish. Because um, with anything, if you close yourself off and don't open yourself up to learning or understanding that there's some people who have better 
um, better routines, better skills, who have found out different things that you can learn from, then you're going to stunt your growth. And like at the end of the day, it's not easy. It's definitely not an easy thing to do. Ego is probably one of the biggest things that hurts relationships, companies, teams, et cetera. Um, but at the end of the day, again, if you are in it for a vision that is something you really want to accomplish, whether it's individual or from a, a team company perspective, you're going to have to be able to set those egos aside and be able to work. Because honestly, the people who like threaten my ego the most are probably who I learn the most from. Um, everybody who, who doesn't threaten that ego, then, you know, it, I probably in some way, shape or form have some type of advantage over them where what is that doing for me? And, you know, I, I even I'll take that back a little bit because even people who who may not, um, you know, in certain areas may not be uh, performing at the level that I am, at the end of the day, you can still learn from them. Like just not opening yourself up to feedback in general is something that I would never recommend. It doesn't matter who, like at the end of the day, like you're always looking for ways to improve. And I think if, if your mindset is focused on growth and improving that ego kind of, you know, gets moves to the side because at the end of the day, to be able to grow, you have to be able to take in everything you can from everybody. So I, I, I think you're spot on with that, man. And I, I appreciate you sharing. So uh, I want to I want to get us wrapped up here. I know we got a crazy day today. Yeah. Um, so the last last question I want to ask you is uh, is about business, right? It's yeah. about uh, it's about what we're doing. Business ethics. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Business ethics. Um, but no, it's it's about uh, frustration is, is the word I want to use. And uh, obviously, I'm bringing it up for a specific reason. Lot, lots of, of frustration, especially in our industry right now. But I think a, as a whole, uh, right, in a country, I think the more you talk to people, you start to hear more animosity now lately. People are just talking about the economy and the world. And you're going to start seeing frustration and people angry and people starting to point fingers at everybody else. But themselves. Yeah. So when it comes to frustration in, in business and what we're doing or the people you interact with, how do you deal with that frustration? And how do you make sure, and I know not every day is perfect, but how do you make sure you're not always you know, inflicting your frustration, unfortunately, upon other people? Because it does happen. Oh, for sure. And I mean, listen, I'm an emotional guy. Mm -hmm. um, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and I've definitely gotten better over the years at maybe being able to temper that and, you know, be conscious of, of it. But at the end of the day, there are some times where I react. And, you know, there's there's things that frustrate everybody throughout every single day. Um, I think you're right right now, especially in, in the market, but also the world, there's just things going on where it seems like there is just tension, like everybody's a little bit more on edge lately. Um, to me, and this is something I'm a big proponent of though, the world happens to everybody, right? Like every single event that can happen to you can definitely happen to other people. And in most cases, they are happening to other people. You talk about like gas prices, inflation, home, all that stuff is happening to every single person. It's how you react to those things that dictates where you want to go and how your impact on other people and, you know, your goals happens, right? So, you know, I didn't get frustrated for a second, but I, I first of all, we have a lot of people counting on us, right? I have a lot of people counting on me and I don't take that lightly, so I can't just wallow in frustration. But just in general, when people are negative and talk about how the world is impacting them and it's not their fault, like you said, finger pointing, it happens to everybody. So just like the the example about LeBron, like he was put in a situation where a lot of other people could have had the same opportunity. Same thing with everyday people every single day. So it's more about what, you know, the thumb, the thumb pointers. Yes. Yeah, thumb pointers. What can we do differently? How can we react differently? Because I'm a big believer in, in you know, I always say, I don't know if this is like a little, um, a little uh, arrogant or not, but I believe I can control almost everything. Because I can't control what, what happens to me, but I can control how I react to it. And if something doesn't go the way that I wanted, it's because I didn't react the way that I probably could have. 
and and so when it's when I say I can control a lot, whether it's it works well or not, it's my fault. But I really truly believe that like anything that happens to you in life, you have the ability to decide how you're going to react to it and what the actions are going to take afterward are, and that determines the outcome of of what happens, whether it's successful or unsuccessful. Like there's another person who's put in the same situation who could have acted differently and could have seen a different result, and that's how it works. So. Um. Doug, thank you. I think that's spot on. Uh, I love the the thumb pointers, thumb right? Pointers. What can what can yeah. we do versus yeah, exactly. the finger pointers? I think that's the Matt Ishbia play, yeah. which is spot on. But listen, uh, this is uh, the the Early Birds podcast. This is episode two. Just make sure that when you're waking up every single day, you're just trying to be better. Just make yourself better. That's what this is about. Don't focus on the things you can't control. And I know how difficult it is. I promise you, because there's days where I want to blame everybody else but myself. I do it too. But I'm telling you, the more you accept your own responsibility for your fate, the better and greater things will become for you because you can realize how much of your fate is actually in your hands. You would be surprised. So I challenge you to do more. I challenge you to be better. And I promise you everything will work out. This is the Early Birds Podcast. I hope you have the most wonderful and fantastic day. Take care.